Now, the main topic. Are you ready for the main event? Yeah, see, 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 we got them. Second round. You ready? Game on. All right, let's go. All right, main topic. So, like Massey and I were talking about, this conversation had started a couple of days ago. And I won't get into the specifics of what brought it up, at least not yet. But we've got to ask, okay, do we treat Christ's words with significance? Do we defend the standards of the church? And do we recognize that the world is doing everything it can to corrupt the body of Christ and his message? We're in a cultural war. And I think for the first time, first time in America, not recently, but in the past maybe 40 to 50 years, the church is not the moral arbiter of the culture. The church is actually starting to become set against Truth. the moral of the culture. No longer is the church establishment of the society. And we are in a really weird spot where we have to decide what route are we going. Now, for us, it's clear, but I think for a lot of Christians, the the accusation that gets lobbed at them so fast is you're intolerant. You're a bigot. You don't love. And so Christians who know they have to love with the love of Christ are left wondering, what does it mean to love and how do I love? And and how do I hold standards and righteousness at the same time? This, this has become the centerpiece because what's coming against the church is a lot of stuff that Satan uses any way he can to weave through and go, Amen. I'm going to confuse you because you've got to be loving. And you've got to be accepting and tolerating this. And so I'll just put this in the middle of your church. I'll put this debate. I'll put this thing here. And I'll let it cause division. All right? So one of the things that I wanted to talk about first is how do you how do you handle the defiant believer? How do you handle the defiant believer? How do you handle the defiant believer? Truth. So in 1 Corinthians 5.5, 5, Paul writes, it is actually reported that there is immorality among you and immorality of such a kind as does not exist even among the Gentiles that someone has his father's wife. So first thing right there, Paul points out, this is a a grievous sin. And you notice it's something not even the Gentiles are doing, which to me immediately points out there's a sense of pride in the person who's committing the sin. You have become arrogant and have not mourned instead so that the one who had done this deed would be removed from your midst. For I, on my part, though absent in body, but present in spirit, have already judged him who has so committed this as though I were present. In the name of our Lord Jesus, when you are assembled and I with you in spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus, I have decided to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> That's a little bit harsher than we'll win you over to Christ. So so look at me. Here's what's happening. I think a lot of the times we in our own minds say we can't just push them out of the church. We need to love them to the truth. That is so true. That is gospel centered. That is gospel focused. You are correct. But there are times where they want to be openly defiant and want to defy the Lord and be a pest and be a nuisance to the things of God. And what happens is it's like we have to sometimes let them go. They don't want the truth, right? And they're coming here creating either ruckuses, storms, division, gossip, whatever. And it's like, hey, bud, we can't we can't have this in the church. That may sound harsh, but would you allow someone to – let me just go with the natural uh, 
analogy. Someone who dates your daughter or your son who is openly defiant to the things you've taught them. Would you say, oh, yeah, well, we want to love them to the truth. You might as well just keep them in the family. Or eventually you're like, they just want to defy us and pull our kids away. We're not doing that. We're not allowing that as parents. They're under my roof. I've got to do something. This is why it's so important to hold to the standards of Christ. I'm not saying this is used in every situation. I'm saying that right now you're seeing people openly defiant against the things of God. And matter of fact, they're in the pulpits. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts a lot of the times. They're in the pulpits. Yeah. These guys that are allowing this baloney stuff, drag queens speaking to kids and churches or allowing gay ministers to be up there. Listen, I don't care what you say to me. I, I'm totally understanding of sin. I had a lot of it that I had to get rid of. Still do. There's a lot of stuff in me. But I don't go out and habitually practice things that defy God. And if there ever is a concern, I go to my elders, I go to my community, I say, look, this sin is within me. I need to be delivered, man. I need to be set free from this or something, right? And what happens is we just remain in our sin, and then we say, well, God eventually will get them one day. It's like, well, that's not truth. The truth is you need to be delivered now. Time is short. The days are numbered, right? The days are few, right? And so what we do is we just say, well, one day God will get them. And it's like, or we could say, no, the power of Christ still stands. The blood of Jesus Christ still stands. And either he redeems from sin or he's a liar because he came to redeem from sin. You just sometimes don't want to accept him. And that's why you got to be careful what church you're submitted to. I hear a lot of people say, my, my, you know, my pastor's a coward. He doesn't, he doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to do that. It's like, have you approached him? Yes, we've approached him, but he still feels like he wants to be more seeker friendly. And it's like, well, then, you know, there's, have you hit your knees and fasted and prayed and said, yeah. Lord, do you want me to stay here? Or do you want me to leave? Cause I can go find another church and there are plenty of churches out there willing to speak the truth and they need a congregation to help them do it. And sometimes they're looking for them one or two to say, pastor, we're behind you. Let's go do this thing. And I think a lot of people end up leaving just because they disagree with a pastor on something oh my without gosh. hitting their knees and fasting and really seeking. I think there has to be a higher standard for you in a church where you may not always agree with the leadership, and that's okay. If you're starting to feel the, the the push or the tension of like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be here, that's when you're really seeking the Lord. Because is it a moment where the Lord is trying to teach you something and and uh, burning off some dross? Truth. Or is it one of those moments where the Lord is showing you, look, the pathway that this is going down, I don't want you to be a part of. That can happen. But if you're not listening deeply for the Lord's voice in that process, Truth. when something pops up, you'll immediately go, oh, I don't agree with that. So I've got to go this way. I know. Now. And it, and it's, it, is, it, is, it is open defiance. If you think yeah. about it, this, this, this is where most, I'm, I'm going to say this not as a blanket statement. I'm going to try to ease the statement in because I don't want it to not be true. Many people don't know the word of the Lord. They don't understand the Bible. They don't right. understand the scriptures. Right. They don't understand uh, uh, righteousness, holiness, goodness, truth. They say, I heard from the spirit say this, but when you line it up with scripture, you see many times, it's like, what are you thinking? What, yeah. what? That's not even something Christ would like, listen, I'm going to say this openly. God is holy. God is holy. We are not. God is sovereign, not ruled by any man, any device, any scheme. He is the one who sets things in order. He's the one who set the world in motion. He's the one who set the planets and the stars in motion. He's the one who governs all things by his word. He's the one who established his law. He is the king of kings. He's the one who gave us righteousness. He's the one when sin happened, gave us the sacrifice for us to be redeemed in Christ through him to be, to be reconciled to the father. He's the one who ordained the Holy spirit to live within us, to go empower us, to do the things that this world cannot do. It can only fake. 
right? And when you look at God in that respect, you look at his words so different and you say, I want to be a part of that, Lord. I want to see uh, righteousness in this land. Well, how can righteousness be in this land if we're not reading our Bible, if we're not praying and fasting and we're not asking Holy Spirit to be a part of our lives and infuse us with the power to go transform the nation or to go transform our neighbor, right? We're praying for the kingdom of heaven on earth. Well, then get submitted to that kingdom so that you can be a part of the answer and not a part of the problem. Don't let, don't keep hearing people that are just pointing out issues. That's easy to do. Anybody can do that. Watchmen weren't just pointing out issues. Watchmen were ready to fight. They were ready to go and attack when they were being attacked. Watchmen weren't just saying, hey, the enemy's coming. No, they were armed. They blew trumpets and they were armed to fight. Be armed to be in the fight. Yeah. And whew, that was good. I'm sorry. That was no, a, no, that no, was no. that woo! was good. Second cup of coffee. Come on. <laughs> Sponsored by Unkin Onuts. Onuts. Kidding. So John talks about this too. Second John seven through eleven. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house. Do not give him a greeting. For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. Wow. We can't get around that. I think one of the things which we go back to the original questions Do we give the significance to Christ's words that they deserve? Do we give the significance to the apostles' words that they deserve? Because sometimes we pass right over that. But I'm I'm supposed to commune with with people of the world. Notice what he's talking about. He's talking about deceivers. He's talking about people who are using the name of Christ, but they're doing it in a deceptive way, in an evil and wicked way. He's saying, don't even bring them into your house. I have an analogy that I was talking with a friend uh, yesterday about. There is a difference between a pastor who struggles with lust and a pastor who is openly defiant in it. Imagine this. Instead of the pastor who who comes to his his elders, his fellow pastors, and goes, I am really struggling with this sin right now. That's one way. Do you kick him out? No. You, You walk alongside him. You love him in truth, yeah. Different. What about a pastor who believes there's nothing wrong with looking at adult content with sleeping around, cheating on his wife. No, this is fine. This is okay. Walking around the office telling people God doesn't mind about that. This is today's standards. It's really okay. Would you allow that to continue in your church body, in your house? We've got to draw standards. And, And when you see it that way, it's like, oh my gosh, if you let that guy continue, he's going to warp and lead away several sheep. And so you have to put that standard and say, we can't have you be a part of us anymore because your message is wicked and it's leading people away. Right. Now, let's take this example to government. Let's take this example to what we're seeing out there. This is what happens when we don't study the Constitution. We don't have the spirit alive in us of liberty, not America, the spirit of liberty that created America, that created the nation that we have today is the spirit of liberty, which where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, right? So the spirit of God 
must be in us to truly understand what liberty is. When we don't understand constitution, common law, moral law, natural law, when we don't understand city law, all these other things, and autonomy, and we don't understand sovereignty of the body, we don't understand that kind of type of thinking, this is why governments run amok. This is why you're seeing the federal government run at its, at its course and pace. This is why local governments are always so overlooked because we're like, we got to get that thing to change first. And then everything, I, I actually sent a picture. Can I see? <laughs> I'm going to read this. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Someone friended me and I was like, that's cool. Do your thing. But this, this really, I don't want to say offended, uh, offended me. It actually just pissed me off actually. Because this is what I've been trying to say for a long, long time. And as soon as I find, here it is. Um, this is this is their caption, their post. Only Donald Trump can save the world from Armageddon. This is a conservative who, who is a Christian, who's a believer. All this, and that's what they write. Do you understand that they don't even understand Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution? They don't understand that some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I will trust in the name of the living God, the way David said. They don't understand the scriptures. They don't understand the constitution. They're giving this dude complete authority. And we've been doing it for years. And when the federal government starts to assume authority over the states, we have lost the entire declaration of independence. You know what that comment makes me think of in the old Testament, when God said through the prophets, go ahead to your idols, go ahead to your wooden idols, let them save you, let them be in charge of you. Ask them for mercy, ask them for provision. Yeah. And it's like, if we start saying that about a single man, this is the only person that can save us from Armageddon, be very careful because God may just release you to Dude. that. Do you really want to rely on that man in order to be saved, right? Comments? Yeah, we got a couple, actually. Yeah, um, do the David ones first. Yeah, that's, that's okay, where cool. I was going to go with. So he asks, do you think at times the church that is trying to be seeker-friendly is to a certain extent fake and then he has a follow-up saying how do you define fake because i feel like we can all fall into that right i don't think it's fake i think it's ignorance i think it's we're trying to use more methods gosh there are so many quotes just hang with me man there's so much to this i, I, I got go yeah, dude this so is awesome thank I, you come on i i think within the church body there is also we've got to differentiate okay what is watering down the message in order to get more people in the seats and what is your pathway is for that new believer? Because I do believe there are churches called to, to bring in the new believers, to give them milk, right? There are other churches that are called to give meat. And so we've got to differentiate, okay, what's, what's just seeker-friendly and being happy about it? And, and you said, um, how do you tell fake, right? How do we define fake? I think you define fake by is the church compromising the standards of righteousness in order to placate the, the body? If the pastor is refusing to say anything that might be controversial, and it'll come out of their own mouth, they will say it at some point. They're like, I don't, I don't want to talk about that yeah. topic because that'll, that'll make people mad. Yep. You know, that's a, a dangerous position to put yourself in because now all of a sudden you are looking for the approval of men the whims of men, as opposed to what has God actually put on your heart to say? I think, too, uh, you on YouTube, go ahead and comment below. If you got questions, go ahead and ask them because I'm seeing two different screens. Uh, we love your comments. We love your questions. Please question. Uh, if, if you don't like what we're saying, say it. I'm cool with it. Um, I'm just going to say something here, David, really fast. Ian Bounds said this uh, in his book, Power Through Prayer. He said, 
what the church needs today is not more machinery or better machinery, not new organizations or more novel methods, but men whom the Holy Ghost can use, men of prayer, men mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, but he anoints men, men of prayer. And I feel that what happens is a lot of these guys, they're not anointed to be at that position sometimes. And they try to go outside the scope of the word and say, if I can just really try to figure out how we can get into their psychological psyche of the dude, the bottom line is, is men are sinful. They need a savior. And Jesus Christ came to do those things, but they need to have a knowledge of their sin. We don't need to feed their ego, stroke their mindsets, try to figure out intellectually how to, I mean, there's places for those things, but I think as a church, we are the pillar and ground of truth. You can't get away from that. And if we move away from truth to just try to find souls, I'm seeing it more and more now yeah. that there's a lot of people who say and claim Christianity, but fall away because the word was not rooted in them. They didn't understand the weightiness of their sin. They didn't accept Jesus. They, they felt in the moment they had to do it to better their lives. And a lot of the times we move away from truth and I'm not, I'm not speaking ill of the church. I'm trying to praise the church, right? And even Charles Spurgeon said, in the darkest ages, Christ has always had a church. And if darker times shall come, he will still have his church. So the church needs to raise the standard. And I'm not saying they're fake. I don't think that's true. I think it's just true ignorance. I think when you seek God, he'll tell you how to go seek the people. And we use this word love a lot. Like, we just need to love them. Dude, love, according to 1 John, is truth. First Corinthians says we're not supposed to rejoice in sin, but uh, rejoice in sin, but rejoice in the truth right after the whole love thing. Right. And I think that's where we miss it a lot of the times. And we don't have to be mean. The truth was never meant to be mean. And I think people mistake that it's never meant to be mean or anything like that. It's literally meant to edify, to, to point out the errors that are going on in our country. Like, isn't it crazy if that same pastor who was secret friendly pointed out an error in the world, everybody would be like, amen. But what happens when he starts to point the arrow at us and push us to the cross? No, 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 Pastor. You're going a little too far there. Don't talk about adultery. I I think that's a really good position to take is with this this idea of is it is it a, a wayward church or a wayward leader? Are they giving in to the egos of men? Are they are they allowing the egos of men and the personalities of men, the approval of men to shape and shift how far they're willing to go with truth? And I, I agree with Massey like we're watching this, this idea of compromise really work its way into the church. Now, do not hear legalism because immediately what people no. hear right here is legalism. You're just trying to be legalistic. You're trying to you know, hate gays and transgenders and all that. There is a big difference between somebody coming into my congregation and saying, I'm trying to figure all this out. And right now I'm, I'm doing this. I'm in this. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this, but I'm trying to figure it out. That's different from somebody coming in, sitting down and going, Amen. I don't care what you say. Amen. I'm going to keep doing it because Amen. God says yep. it's okay. Well, no, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. It's fine. I'm going to keep doing it. You know what? I'm, I'm going to bring other people to do you see that defiance, that that uh, dissension mindset? And I think that's something to pay attention to. And if we as a church go, well, you know, you're right. You're right. You go ahead, you know, because we have to love you to the truth. Notice the lie in the middle of that. We've got to love you to the truth. No, I love you and give you truth. You take or you don't. There's a big difference between that. Truth. 
And I can come alongside you if you're struggling in your sin, but if you're not hearing it, if, if the seed is hitting the rocky ground, it doesn't matter what I say to you. It's not going to penetrate until the Holy Spirit does the work in you and you open your heart to the Holy Spirit. I think, too, like it, the Bible says, if you love God, the love of the Father, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. If you love the things of the world, that is not legalism. You just don't, your, your, your soul, your spirit, your mind, all that has not been turned to the things of God. When you see Christ evidently set forth and crucified before you, the way Paul said, something in you transforms. When the Holy Spirit comes, it transforms you. And if you think about this, 1 John 5 says, 5-5, five, five, who, who is the one who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? They overcome the world. They don't try to become the world. Oh, we good. overcome the world, right? And what is the faith? Who is he that overcomes the world? Even our faith, it's Christ. Christ in us overcomes all things. And so when we have that mindset, it doesn't matter if you're in politics. It doesn't matter if you're in business. It doesn't matter if you're in church. But you will overcome all things. And the world's going to keep coming against you because that's what the world does. It keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And all that's showing us is the light, the light, the light. The light chases away the Dude, darkness. The darker it is, the more prime they are to see the light. Yes. If we can truly be that light, if we can truly have the Holy Spirit within us, if we can truly magnify who Christ is, dude, it changes the narrative. And you have to be stronger, more convicted in your standards, your righteousness, and your principles as the darkness grows, right? So use the analogy, the light versus the dark. If the darkness gets more and the candle dims, the darkness gains territory. But if the darkness gets darker, but yep. the candle stays at its same light, it still presses against the darkness. If not more, we need to turn the fuel up on the candle to chase away the darkness more, but it becomes more pronounced, more dramatic, more drastic. That's a beautiful position to be in as a church because we just have to hold our standard. We just have to hold righteousness. And when somebody presses against, which the enemy will press you harder and harder, especially if you're looking weak, you have to stand hard. Otherwise, he'll devour you. Because if you give a little bit, you compromise, well, yeah, maybe that is okay. He'll get right in there. Um, and I want to read two letters in Revelation. And and Can I just say a comment? Yeah, quick? Barn Barnacle Blake just said on YouTube, churches around me talk about the 10 steps to a better me type stuff and a lot of marriage counseling talk. It's hard to find good, strong biblical preaching churches. I feel and, you. And we, we do acknowledge that. That's the truth, right? That's the soul. And, and we understand that, right? Because in last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of their own selves. The Bible even says they'll find false doctrines, heaping up teachers to itch their ears, all those other things. So that's the truth. That's, that's, that's very true. And I don't, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not giving you hopelessness. Here's the hope is God has a remnant. And in your area, there is a church that's doing it. And if you feel you have to leave that church, get on your knees, seek the Lord, and he will lead you to that church. I mean, it happened for, for me a few times where I found a, a Bible-based church. We lived in Minnesota. Pastor Al had a church up there. It was just in, in Cocado, Minnesota. Cocado. Uh, and, and it was amazing. The dude could preach the word, but he was so loving and kind. But dude, when he brought the word, it was like, whoo. Then we found Revive Church. And it was like yeah. where we're at now. And it's like there are places that are Bible-believing and will act on their faith, not just talk about their faith. So it's amazing. But we're, we're praying for you, bro. We get it. We understand it. Um, and it is tricky out there. But, dude, the Lord has his remnant. He does have his remnant. And that's where I have hope more and more and more. I appreciate the comment, bro. Thank you. 
uh, so much for that. Okay. So I want to read two letters from Revelation because I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about this. And it, it became very clear the drastic difference between the two. So I'm going to read first the letter to the church in Ephesus. I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to test those who call themselves apostles. And they are not. And you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. Come on. But I have this against you. Oof. that you have left your first love. Ooh. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Yet this you do have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Now, Notice what he's talking about. The the If you don't know the Nicolaitans, basically what they were is the free grace movement. They were the, we can do anything we want because we're saved in Christ. And so therefore, the flesh dies anyway, so I can do what I want. I can compromise anywhere I want. Do you notice Christ uh, uh, encourages the church of Ephesus? He's like, you hate what I hate. That's awesome. He says, but you left your first love. Now, this is where that balance of righteousness and love comes into play because Christ is pointing out you went so zealous for righteousness, so zealous against any of the compromises that you left why you were even defending it, getting into the pharisaical. <laughs> yeah, right? guilty, uh, guilty. Right. We've we've confessed it. You know, we, we've totally done that and had to come back to the first love. Right, and and it's something that I think you you have to continue to do especially if you're righteous minded truth, truth. because otherwise it becomes very quickly i'm doing this for the lord but you're not even really thinking about the lord now i want to contrast this with a letter to the church in pergamum the one who has the sharp two-edged sword says this remember that i know where you dwell where satan's throne is and you hold fast my name and did not deny my faith even in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you, because you have there some who hold the teaching of Balaam, who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit acts of immorality. So you also have some who in the same way hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent, or else I am coming to you quickly, and I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. Jesus. Remember that. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows but he who receives it. Notice that word sword. He uses the, the imagery of the sword several times. What is the two-edged sword? His word. His word. What is his word? righteous it's truth it's, it's holy compromising it's holy it's sacred do you notice the pergamum church was having an issue with compromising they compromised to the nicolaitans they compromised to acts of immorality they had the 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 message of well it's it's okay we can do this and notice he's even saying look you have people among you who are teaching the teaching of balaam which is immorality, sin, destruction, that kind of thing. You have Nicolaitans among you. So notice the difference. He's saying, look, you're dwelling where Satan's throne is. So obviously yep. that's a very dark place. And he says, 
you hold fast my name. So there is a love and faith for Christ. He's saying, do you notice the, the opposite between the two? Yep. One of them is you're so righteous, you're forgetting me. The other one is you, you love me. I love that. But you're you're not defending righteousness <laughs> yeah, among your body like, like you're supposed to. Jeez, you know, who, 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 you know, I feel like Peter and them when they're like, who then can be saved, right? Who, who can do this? <laughs> Gosh, I can't even keep to that. But let me let me give you some encouragement when when it comes to salvation, and this is where we're not being legalist. You're saved by faith alone, through grace alone, through Christ alone. He's the only one who can save you. But the evidence of that salvation. The evidence, the bringing forth fruits of repentance is that changed life. You will see a change immediately. Your thoughts will change. And maybe you're not your outward fruits so much yet, but your inward thoughts are like, man, I don't want to go back and do those things I used to do. That means there's a work of the Holy Spirit in you, right? So saying a prayer and all those things, that's good. But when a true, when, when a true believer is saved by Christ, right, your salvation doesn't hinge on your works it's because of your salvation that you do the things. The Bible actually says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. So because Christ created us, we are his workmanship. He fashions us to go represent him, to go represent him to the world, to go do these things, to go stand against the evil. And even, and not just in the public, in private. Because a lot of us were willing to stand before him in public, but we won't hit our knees. As a matter of fact, God, dog, this is good. I was just reading another quote by Ian e. Bounds, and this is so perfect for, for, for this. Um, he said this after I read that one. He says, spiritual work is taxing work, and men are loath to do it. Praying, true praying, costs an outlay of serious attention and of time, which flesh and blood do not relish. Good night. When I read that, I was like, Ah, <laughs> I need to do more. You know, like, right. And I don't do it to earn merits of salvation. I want to just know more of Christ. I want to be more intimate with Christ. When we're preaching to people, I want them to know the Christ of heaven. Not a good story, not a good sermon, not for people to tell me, and you're just so real and raw. It's the real and raw, I hope, shows you that I'm open and naked before I, the Lord in spirit, not, and you know, I, I think the more you don't want to see that. The, <laughs> Sorry, that was a derail. That was a. <laughs> that was. <Woo! laughs> That's King James I, stuff. When it, you read it, it really the different is. versions, it's like not like that. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Sorry, that was. So I. I why think, did I do? That? I think sorry. The the more sorry. mature you get as a believer, the the deeper you go in your discipleship with the Lord and your relationship with Him, the more drastic the darkness of the flesh and the light of the Spirit happens. And so just like we were talking about out in the world, it's happening on the inside. Truth. If you notice, Paul, as he gets more longer in the faith, first it's like apostle, and then it's like servant of Christ, and then it's like chief sinner of sinners don't deserve to be. Yeah. There's there's this this yeah, it's like this realization of who yeah, you yeah, really yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't tilt the scales either way. They have to be balanced. You remember what he said to, he said, I've weighed you in the scales, meaning, meaning, tikulu farsin. He said, I've weighed you in the scales, you've been found lacking. What happens is we either take this position of we are broken sinners, we will never be righteous because of Jesus. It's like, you are a sinner every day of your life and you're just nothing without him. And they drive their faces into the ground. And then there's this other side of like, I'm just righteous. Everything I do is righteous because it's under the blood, blah, blah, blah. And they go out and do what they want. There's a balance. I know I'm nothing without Christ. I know that. But I am now made the righteousness of Christ through, through him. I think right. I think that's righteousness the, of God through Christ. I'm sorry. I think that's the difference. Is the the person who is being humbled properly spiritually, 
will gain hope, encouragement, joy, yes. and passion in yes. the Lord. The while fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit grows yes. while recognizing more and more the drastic nature of the flesh and its wickedness. And it's you recognize more what you have to improve or what needs to be improved, I should say, to be accurate with my words. You recognize more what needs to be improved and, and done away with within you, but you also recognize the growth of the spirit within you and, and the way the Lord works through you for other people and, and for his will and purpose. Yep. So that's the difference between like, oh, I'm just horrible and awful and nobody. I love yep. you, Jesus. And I love you, Jesus. And nothing's wrong with me. Yeah. You know? It's that weird thing that we've done. We've been able to do and everything is under the blood. Yes. But what is it that you want? There's a story of Luther. I hope I don't butcher this. But he was preaching in, a, in, a, in his um, seminary. And he said, in Christ, you can do as you want. And the, that was basically the gist of his, his, his discourse. And his students were all like, what's, what's, what's? you could hear all the clamoring. And one of them had a question. He said, uh, Luther called him. He said, yes, son. He said, uh, he said, so you're saying that in Jesus, I can do what I want. He goes, Absolutely. So there's more contention, like, you know, they're like, what? And then he raised his hand again. He's like, I just have to make this clear. Like, you're saying we can do whatever we want if we're in Jesus. That's grace. He said, yes, but here's the question. What do you want to do? When you're truly Christ, do you want to do as he or as your flesh? Mm -hmm. And you'll know then if you're his or not. And it's like, oh, when your desire is to want to do and pursue the things of God, and overcome the flesh, you're his. Mm -hmm. You're his. You know that. If you're now, as a Christian, saying, man, I kind of do desire the things of the world and all these other things, this is that thing of repentance. This is where repentance comes in. I'm going to say this to you that I've never said this until yesterday. Like, God is a father, and he loves his kids. He misses you. He wants you to commune with him. He's like a dad that never gets a phone call from his kid. Now, I know that sounds cheesy. I know I, I can hear the scholars now. All the ones who talk about scripture, it's like, that's not even in the Bible. It's like, cool. <laughs> I know if my sons weren't talking to me, I'd miss them. And just because they don't talk to me for a long time does not mean they're not my son. When I've truly been converted of Christ, I'm his now, right? And there are things my sons do that defy me, and I have to keep correcting, right? And we're in the same process, I believe. I really, truly I believe that. Once I figured that out... He's a father. It's like, dude, he misses you. Shut the stuff off. Take your minutes and go with Jesus and say, Lord, I'm here to repent of not talking to you. Father, I need your ear again. I need you to speak to me again in private and ask him for divine appointments. Dude, yeah. I found out, you know, when I really love talking to God the most after ministering, mm -hmm. like when I'm out in the streets or whatever, if I talk to somebody and if I get, I remember what I used to love talking to God when I got persecuted. Mm -hmm. I was like, gosh, do you understand? I don't understand, Lord, I don't understand. But he would minister to me. It was like I was so close to God getting persecuted because it was like I needed a love from him because I was getting nailed like everywhere. And so when, when, when you're in your closet, just say to him, I don't understand this, Lord. It's okay to say that. He wants to bring you the mysteries of heaven. He wants to show you the things of God. He wants to show you the word alive. That's what he desires. He loves to talk to his kids. And if that's you, we get it. So you're off. Notice in the church here, he didn't say, you're not my church anymore. He said, repent. He was telling them, because you're my church, repent. Turn. So you're his church. Turn. Right? If you're the one saying, I don't understand any of this, well, turn. Go to him. Watch him move in your life and submit to the spirit. It'll be completely against your flesh. You're going to be like, I don't want to do that. That's probably what you got to do. I don't like fasting, but I know I got to do it. 
So we're, you know what I mean? We, we walk in those things of obedience. And we've, we've talked about that, that relationship between discipleship, uh, sorry, discipline and obedience. And it's so important to the walk because I think we think, I was actually talking with somebody just the other day about this. I think we think if the Lord breaks it off, then the temptation just immediately goes away and we never have to deal with the temptation again. The problem is the flesh still remembers. So you may have broken broken off the, the control of the sin on your life, the bondage of the sin on your life, but your flesh may still need to be retrained mm. of like, don't seek that mm. when you get stressed, when you get depressed, when you get uh, 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 nihilistic, it's like, Oh, I just, I, I just go back to this because that's what you always went to. There's a habit formed in that. And the flesh loves habit. Tell your flesh not to eat for a day. How fast does it get angry with you? It's a spoiled <laughs> five-year-old child because as soon as I'm hungry, it's like, oh, I so gotta go true. get food. So true. Part of the refining process is resisting temptation. Resisting temptation hurts. It's a discipline. Sometimes you have to look at the temptation and go, Every part of me wants this, but I know I shouldn't because, Lord, I want to honor you. Come on. And that becomes a discipline of I'm not going that route anymore. And I'm telling you, the more you train your flesh to submit to the, the orders of Christ, the less your flesh will go towards that over the long term. You'll feel the temptation less. It doesn't mean it doesn't pop up once in a while, but... If you always give in two seconds in, you haven't taught your flesh anything. You haven't told it, we will not go this route. We must go that route. And I think sometimes we forget that we are a trinity. Come on. We are a body, soul, and spirit. And your body wants something. Your mind immediately goes, well, I better give it to them. And the spirit's going, no, no. So you have to retrain your soul to go, uh, I got to go with the spirit. The spirit's telling me, no, I better reject the body. And then the body's going to whine. And it's going to complain. And it's going to be mad at you. But over the course of process, I do believe you can submit the flesh to where that temptation doesn't have on. power over you on. in the physical sense. Yep, yep. You, you, which dog's going to overcome? You know, you have two dogs right. in the fight. Which it's one's so the true. one you feed the most? It is really true. Also, too, if you have not shared this video, if you found this at all, where it's like, okay, this is enlightening. We want to set people free with the gospel. We want to set people free with the, the political sphere and the government. Um, and we feel like the first few months of this has been really discipleship in the word. Yeah. We're raising up leaders in the word and saying, don't be deceived by things you see out there. I think the next several months are going to be really on governmental stuff, apologia, mm -hmm. how to really so answer true. the world out there with scripture and constitutional stuff. And so we're so appreciative of you guys. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. We have just so much to, to, to say. I mean, dude, we could do, we he, could do two he, more he usually He usually does these like four-page notes. He literally has two, and we went almost an hour just right. talking on this, right? And this time it was mostly just verses. Just verses, yeah. <laughs> just usually passages. you have like a narrative. And so, guys, I, uh, I'm going to say this again. Those of you who stuck with us all the way through, um, you guys have helped us get this far. Yeah. Um, we're I, eight years in. I was just telling the guys, I'm, I'm not – I don't even know what to say because I didn't see this happening. We just wanted to go out and reach people. We mm -hmm. wanted to go talk about rectifying things that are going wrong in government. And, 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 and it's turned into a minister, a legit ministry where we go out and minister to people and see things move and happen. The Holy spirit's on and healings and salvations and miracles. And, and then, but the word of God is being preached as well and constitutional things. And so we're seeing God move in this realm. And like, I just look around going, dang, you know, 
we just did this on a shoestring budget. You know, imagine, <laughs> yeah. imagine with some, you know, some, some, some pump behind us. And right. we're so grateful for you guys. And if you guys can, please support the ministry. Uh, uh, it, it, I don't, I, I, so I used to be a donor relations guy for another group I was in for 13 years. The last like year, I was their main one. And I got so turned off by asking for money. I would look at people as dollar signs and I hated it. Um, and I just said, I, I won't do that again. I'm a man of extremes. You know that. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> he keeps me in the <laughs> ballast, you know, but I'm either zero or a hundred. If I don't like it, I don't do it. If I like it, I love it. You know, and I got, I had to learn this balance of, I have a lot of friends out there that know us and we have needs and I need to ask and say, Hey, this is coming from the founder. This is coming from the dude up top. I ain't trying to send no other people in my stead. We need your help. So if you guys want to help us and partner with us and be a family member in our Torchbearer family, you can do that. Go on theselfevidenttruth.com. Be a part of a, a monthly sponsorship or a one-time deal. Uh, if you're a business and you want to donate quarterly, we can do that. If you're a business, you want to donate monthly, we can do that. If you want to do a one-time, just go online. You can see a monthly option or a donate once. You are sowing into seed that's fertile. Or, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, field that's fertile. We love to take that and run. And you should see, we went to Ohio on a shoestring yeah. and God blessed it. We, we don't care about the money. I mean, and, and we have 990s out there. You could see what we bring in and what we did last year with what we brought in was like incredible. The states yeah. we went to, the amount of times we went out, God is so blessing our efforts. And thank you for all the people who allow us to stay in their homes when we go out and travel, uh, who invite us bring into us their homes to, 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 to eat, to, eat, to, to go to their, yeah, dude, we, are so grateful for your for your love and compassion and your heart towards us and your ministry towards us. I, I'm thinking of my friends, the Latrells in Missouri and and just uh, the Kirby's in Ohio and just I'm merchants. so uh, the merchants, yes, the, the the merchants in Indiana and many others who have helped us in California, in Massachusetts, in Minnesota, in Michigan, the Van Dykes in Michigan, like just so many people out there, the Gerinks, you know, they, they the Liggetts. I, I I'm I can go on off my head um the flicks you know yeah. they're they're such a huge i i don't know what to tell you except thank you i just don't know how to say it any different like you got us here and we're going and we're reaching up you know and it's, it's just so awesome to be a part of so we want to thank you it's just pretty it's it's pretty overwhelming it's incredible actually and it's we're we're going places and growing and i don't mean like going places in success like no we're, man this we're is going this is places and, and being able to minister and so when we're talking about like the match and grant what we're really saying is we're, we're out there and we're seeing fruit from the labor we're seeing things come to fruition of ministry and we want you to be able to come alongside that and we want to be able to grow our our reach to minister to more people because that's what it's about at the end of the day when we go out to do events, we may be talking about government and constitution, but man, how many times does it just end up preaching? We shut the Ministry. slides off. Yeah. We just start preaching and, and it's awesome. Praying like, for people, laying hands on people, praying for healing for people. Like it's ministry to us. And so oh, talk to the SoundCloud people too. all those countries that listen, right? It's, Spain's listening. Like, right. We, it's insane. Spain, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, <laughs> Britain. Awesome. Like those are just off the top wow. of my head. Like, you're you're sowing into something that is trying to reach out to the world. And so I really encourage you, think about doing the matching grant. Go to our website, check it out, be a part of this, be part of the family, be a partner, 
be a family member because man, you've seen us talk to you in the comments section. We love you guys. And when we see you face to face, we want to, to hang out with you. We want to connect with you. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, we, we will carry, we'll, we'll go up to British. We'll, we'll, we'll I go would up love to, to, uh, we'll go to Iowa soon, Dave, if we can get, get up there and do some events. We love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in guys. Thank you for this. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed today. Please share the video, share it because the more it gets out there, the more it just gets boosted. And yep. we want people to, to, to benefit from this and the gospel and being set. People free. are hungry. They are. It. They are. So God bless you guys. We will see you Monday, Monday. Come on, baby. Woo! All right. Love you guys. Have a great day.